0: Amen. Amen. You can be seated if you want to. Praise the Lord. Wow. Of course, Trent and I are always blessed to come back here. One of our, uh, not just a favorite church and ministry, but some of our favorite people and friends and and, uh, friends with you, but also Pastor David and Vicki, friends for so many years And uh, we thank God for their speedy recovery in every way. Amen. And it is happening. Amen. It's happening. It's happening right now. Matter of fact, amen. Uh, They're going to come to the next service. So uh, they'll be in the next service, and uh, we're going to have a good time. Praise the Lord. And then we're going to fly them in our jet back to Louisiana nonstop. Hallelujah. And... uh, And uh, they'll spend a week there um, just taking time to just get full of faith and full of the Holy Ghost and be strengthened. And so uh, uh, we will take care of them in grand style. Amen. Amen. So (laughs) that's a blessing of the Lord, isn't it? And uh so we're very, very grateful for you, the uh all of the staff of the church here, the way that the staff has just been gracious and serving and faithful and and loyal and always here and the the staff is a wonderful staff of the church here. All of them are wonderful. I would I would mention names and I'd leave somebody out, so I don't leave nobody out. But thank God for all the staff here at the church. Wonderful. And uh all the praise and worship and uh everybody just uh just continuing on and going forward. Amen. And so we're we're happy to be a part of this church and this ministry and and uh Pastor Dave and Vicky are just lifetime precious friends of ours. And uh wow, what a great blessing it is to be here. And um, this morning and then uh, next service and then Trina is gonna speak at twelve o'clock at noon. So if you want to get another dose, uh, you can come back at 10 or 12. And those who are watching online, we welcome you and believe the Word will feed you and bless you. And you're a very important part of the church and a part of the services. So, Trina at noon. Praise the Lord. All right. Uh, Open your Bible, Romans chapter 3. We're going to study on this particular subject called faith, faith in the blood of Jesus. Faith in the blood of Jesus, faith in the blood of Jesus. So let me give you the scriptures we'll be working with this morning. And Romans chapter 3, verse 21 through 27 is where we're going to study on faith in the blood of Jesus. Romans three twenty-one says, but now the righteousness of God, the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Verse 24, but being justified are declared righteous freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Verse 25, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith and faith. In his blood. So if you don't have that underlined in your Bible, maybe underline it now or write to the side of it. Through faith in his blood. So verse 25, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation. The word propitiation means simply restored to fellowship with God, restored to favor with God, restored to the blessing of God. And he says, and all that is in one package called faith in his blood. So through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance or the patience of God, verse 26, to declare, I say at this time, his righteousness that God himself, he is just or he is righteous and God himself is the justifier of whoever believes in Jesus. Anybody here believe in Jesus? In other words, God produced this righteousness, gives it to you as a free gift when you believe in Jesus. Well, verse 27 says, so where is boasting then? It is excluded by what law of works? He said, no, but by the law of faith. So everybody say the law of faith. And so we're looking at faith and living by faith and specifically living by faith in the blood of Jesus, living by faith in his blood. Blood, And he calls it a law of faith, which is called, it simply means it is a spiritual law that the kingdom of God is governed and operates by certain spiritual laws. When you understand those spiritual laws, then you have access to everything that's in the kingdom of God. And so one of those spiritual laws is called the law of faith. And here he says that faith works the same for everybody, works the same all the time, works the same everywhere. So once you understand how faith works and you learn how to live by faith, then John said this is the victory that overcomes the world. It is our faith. That's what does it. Amen. Amen. And so you live in victory. How many just like to be on the winning side better than on the losing side? Amen. Uh, We overcome through faith. And so he goes here in verse, uh, 25 and he says, through faith in his blood, through faith in his blood. So let me give you the description. Of course, we've shared these things before, uh, but, uh, my spiritual father was Kenneth E Hagan, dad Hagan. And I like to say, he uh, set me free from the fear of repetition. Amen. Amen. That faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Amen. So it's a, a constant thing. And so, uh, Andrew Murray, in his book, On the Blood of Jesus, he said this. He said, faith is largely dependent on knowledge. Faith is largely dependent on knowledge. Now, how many of you would agree with that? In other words, I'd like to say there's no such thing as ignorant faith. Faith is dependent upon knowledge. What kind of knowledge? Well, knowledge of the Word of God, or what we would call revelation knowledge. And so, knowledge of the Word of God, faith is dependent upon Knowledge, and so he says this if your knowledge of what the blood of Jesus can do or has done is not accurate, then your faith will have little expectation. All right, in other words, for your faith to be strong, for your faith to function on a higher level, he said, then your faith must have accurate knowledge. Accurate knowledge knowledge of what the blood of Jesus has done for us, knowledge of what it does in us, and the blood of Jesus has primarily prevailed in three distinct places, three distinct places. Number one, the blood of Jesus has done something in heaven in the presence of God. And we'll look at that in just a second. The blood of Jesus has done something where? In heaven In the very presence of God, or you could say it this way, God himself in the holy place lives in constant view of the blood of Christ. So you and I as believers must live in constant view, constant consciousness, constant confession of the power of the blood of Jesus. So it's done something in heaven, number one. Number two, that blood has done something over hell or over Satan and over all of his works. And we know that from Revelation twelve eleven that we overcome Satan, who's called the accuser, the accuser. What's the accuser do? Well, he constantly accuses you and accuses others to you of what you've done or you didn't do or you should have done or you could have done or you did wrong or you didn't do right. So he's constantly accusing you with thoughts, feelings, accusations, making you feel like a failure, making you feel like you're rejected, making you feel ashamed and guilty. So he's the accuser. But the blood of Jesus actually overcomes Satan himself and all of his devils, demons, evil spirits are cohorts. In other words, the unseen powers that operate in what Paul called the prince of the power of the air, and those, those powers and, and, and demonic forces operate in the unseen. He said, but the blood of Jesus enables you to deal with unseen influences that would try to destroy and try to hurt and try to defeat you. So that blood, number one, has done something in heaven. And number two, it's done something over hell and over Satan. And the blood of Jesus is the, is, is the one major thing that registers in heaven and registers over hell. And then number three, number three is the blood of Jesus registers in the heart of the believer. In the heart of the believer. The moment you have faith in and believe in the power of that blood, it registers in your heart or as the Apostle Paul says in the book of Hebrews, it purges your conscience, purges your conscience from sin and from guilt and from shame and the blood of Jesus cleanses you from all sin. But in the New Testament, it not only cleanses you from all sin, it cleanses you from sin consciousness or from the guilt or the little voices or, uh, Andrew Murray said, the blood of Jesus silences the voice of self-condemnation. Are y'all still here? The blood reaches into your conscience, into your heart or the deepest part of your personality. It reaches where nothing else can reach amen in other words if if sin can damage it the blood can reach it and so it's a lot of times people try to work on stuff and doctors try to work on stuff and they can't reach the root of the problem but the blood of jesus reaches right to the root of the problem amen and removes the sin the stain the guilt and so now your conscience is cleansed and now your conscience gives you confidence that you are 100% righteous, not by anything you did, but by something God did for you through the blood of Jesus, and that reaches into your conscience, amen, so you don't have to live with a constant uh, torment. Are y'all still here? And the constant voices, amen, that would bring you uh, constantly nagging you with guilt or condemnation. So the blood of Jesus has prevailed, in three distinct places. Number one is where? In heaven. Number two, it prevails over hell and Satan and all of his works. And then number three, that blood prevails in the heart of the believer. So you're not only free from sin, but you're free from the guilt or the stain of sin. In other words, you don't have to keep thinking about what you could have done, should have done, wish you would have done, or you're trying to do better. The blood of Jesus produces a 100% righteousness and 100% confidence that God is on your side, for the blood has been applied. Amen. Can you see that? How many of y'all can see that? Now, that's three primary areas. And so now let's go back to this quote from Andrew Murray. Are you ready? Faith is largely dependent upon Knowledge knowledge. In other words, if you don't know or if you forgot. Let's try it again. Have you forgotten? (laughs) In other words, if you don't know or you're not aware or not conscious of what the blood of Jesus has done for you. So he says this faith is largely dependent on knowledge. If your knowledge of what the blood has done or has accomplished is not accurate. Now, what does accurate mean? Well, that doesn't mean that you don't know anything about the blood. That just means you have limited knowledge and that you don't have accurate knowledge. I many believe you could get a little more accurate in your knowledge about the blood? And, Amen. I believe the Lord could show you some things about the scriptures that talk about the blood that you may have forgotten or you may have never even seen before. Amen. So he says this, he says, uh, if your knowledge is not accurate, then your faith expects little and the more powerful uh, effects of the blood would be limited. Feeble ideas of its power prevent the deeper and more perfect manifestations of its effects. In other words, he says, the blood can do more, can do more. So he goes on and says it this way. He says, as we find out what the Scriptures teach about the blood, we will see that faith in the blood can produce greater results. All right, let's try that one more time. Faith in the blood can produce greater results. All right, in other words, you say, well, you know, everything I'm doing, it's not working. Well, hold on a second. Faith in the blood can produce greater results. And then you say, well, I'm not going as far as I'd like to go, or I'm not getting the blessing as much as I'd like to be blessed. Well, faith in the blood can do what? Produce greater results. All right, let's try that again. As we find out what the Scriptures teach about the blood, we will see that faith in the blood can produce greater results than we have yet known. And in the future, a ceaseless blessing will be ours. Praise the Lord. In other words, we're redeemed by the blood. We're redeemed from the curse. We're redeemed from the hand of the enemy. And we're redeemed unto God. Uh We're redeemed to God and redeemed from the curse of the law and from the hand of the enemy. So he says this. uh, Andrew Murray, again, I'm quoting him right now. He says, um, to enjoy this blessing. To enjoy this blessing, nothing is necessary except faith in the blood of Jesus. All right, we're going to try that one more time. To enjoy this blessing, what kind of blessing? Blessing number one of access and fellowship with God. Blessing number two, redeem from the accusation of the enemy. Blessing number three is that you're free and blessed to enjoy God's best blessing, spirit, soul, and body, blessed coming in, blessed going out, the head, not the tail, above and not beneath. He said, and to enjoy this blessing. Uh, How many things we got to do to enjoy this blessing? He said, to enjoy this blessing, nothing is necessary except faith in the blood of Jesus. His blood alone has done everything. All right, let's try that again. Praise the Lord. Amen. I I kind of have to stay with this until I I see your your eyes light up because I can't see you smiling right now. You better get your eyes blinking or something like that. Praise the Lord. To enjoy this blessing, nothing is necessary except faith in the blood of Jesus. His blood alone has done everything. Praise the Lord. All right, let's try it this way. His blood alone means his blood plus nothing, minus nothing. That means you can't add nothing to it. Come on, you can't take nothing away from it. His blood alone has done everything. Wow, Jesus paid it all. He paid it all to him. In other words, his blood alone has done everything. So to enjoy this blessing or this victory in your life, nothing is necessary except faith in his blood. Praise the Lord. Amen. So if it looks like the enemy's taking advantage of you in some area, Let's try this out over here. I said, if it looks like the enemy's taking advantage of you in some area and leaving you in a place of defeat or a place of failure or a place of guilt or a place of lack, then all you need to do is make a couple of adjustments in your understanding of faith in the blood of Jesus. Uh, and that requires two things. Number one, accurate knowledge. And number two, application. Oh, come on, we're going to get the accurate knowledge and then it requires some application on your part. And the simplest illustration of this is when the children of Israel came out of Egypt in Exodus chapter 3, God said to take the blood of the lamb and put it on the doorpost of the house. Y'all still with me here? In other words, it's not enough to believe in the blood somebody has to apply the blood on the doorpost of the house. And God said, when I see the blood, in other words, I'm not looking for how good you've been. Come on. I'm not trying to figure out why you've been bad. He said, I'm just looking for one thing. I'm looking for blood. When I see the blood, I will pass over you and there will be a divine covering and a protection. Amen. So when the destroyer came through, God said, I got you covered. I'm glad God's got you covered. Come on, we got covered. And so the blood was applied in the Old Testament with a branch called hyssop. So they took the branch, hyssop, dipped it into the blood, and then they put it on the doorpost of the house. In the New Testament, the blood of Jesus is applied with the hyssop of your tongue. All right, let's try it again. The blood of Jesus is applied with the hyssop of your confession or the hyssop of your voice or the hyssop of your words or the hyssop of your faith. In other words, there must be an application of that blood or the destroyer will try to jump in and mess some things up. But my mama used to do this while I was growing up. My mama used to do what I call slinging blood everywhere. Amen. Amen. Now, where did you get that picture from? Well, I got the picture from Hebrews chapter 9 and from Exodus that it says in the Old Testament when people came to worship God, when they came to worship God, that the priest would take the blood. They came to worship God, all right, fellowship with God, receive from God, and the priest would take blood. And he would sprinkle the book because the book, the scriptures, is a blood covenant. That means every scripture's got blood on it. I said every scripture's got blood on it. You got old covenant blood, but you got new covenant blood, which is a better sacrifice, better blood. And so you can see the pattern in the Old Testament, is they put blood on the, on the book, on the scriptures, right? And then it said they would sprinkle all the instruments of worship, all right? And then if you came to worship, it said he would sprinkle all the people. Come on, it says in the Bible, you came to worship and he would sprinkle all the people. That means if you came to worship God, the Old Testament, then there had to be blood applied are here's the way someone said it, that the sprinkling of the blood is the highest act of worship. All right, let's try that one more time. In other words, the sprinkling of the blood is the highest act of worship. What does that mean? Well, that means we sing praise songs, come on, and we sing good songs, and they're all got good words to them, but the moment the blood is involved, it takes you to the highest act of worship. Because the blood has not only opened heaven, but it opens your heart. And even though the mystery remains, the power is undeniable. So the blood applied. Come on, so you sprinkle. So if you came to worship, everybody got blood on them. So, uh, in other words, everybody's blood conscious. Y'all still with me here? And when David was ushering the glory back into Jerusalem, then he had to stop and apply the blood every 20 feet. And so they're blood conscious. And that's when David started dancing because he's blood conscious, blood conscious, blood covenant. And so he's bringing the glory back. Once you bring the glory back, that means there's victory, blessing, everything you need is in the glory, in his presence. Amen? Amen. So, thank God for the blood of Jesus. So, my mama would do this. She would do what I call slinging blood everywhere. What does that mean? That means she had a constant consciousness and confession and application of the power of the blood of Jesus. So, she would sing about the blood. She would praise God for the blood. She would make a confession about the blood. And come on, my mama's in heaven right now, but I sure wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for my mama's faith in the blood of Jesus. My mama's what? Faith in the blood. And so what did she do? Not ashamed of it, she would apply that blood every day. In the house, you could hear her doing that in the house. Every morning, I'm going to the blood. Amen. So, thank God for the blood of Jesus. So, to have faith in that blood, number one, you have to have accurate knowledge. And then number two, there must be what? Application. 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 And uh, the devil can tolerate a lot of religious things that people do in church. Matter of fact, the devil himself will attend church. I said, the devil can tolerate, come on, he can even harass people while they're in church. Try to distract them while they're in church. And so, the devil can tolerate a lot of religious activities, but he cannot tolerate when you honor the blood of Jesus and lift your voice and magnify that blood and you have confidence in that blood because that blood opens up the supernatural, opens up heaven and the presence of God and the glory of God not only fills your heart, but actually fills the place. It'll put the devil on the run. I said I, it'll put the devil on the run. Hallelujah. Amen. All right, now let's look at a couple of scriptures. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 12, you know, is one of my favorites. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 12 is one of my very favorites, and I really love to declare that every day. Y'all know Hebrews nine twelve. All right, let me give it to you. Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood. He entered in once into the holy place and he obtained eternal redemption for us. All right, let's try that one more time. Because what you got from Jesus is not temporary. It is an eternal redemption. So when Jesus was raised from the dead, his first order of business was he took his blood into heaven's holy place right in the presence of God and there he exchanged his blood for your eternal redemption. Now, what's eternal redemption mean? The word redemption means he purchased our freedom with his own blood. That means it's bought and paid for, hallelujah, with his blood and it belongs to you. Amen. I said it belonged to you. How are you going to get it? Simply through faith in his blood. Amen. So how many like to get to heaven when you get there? And just check out the video of what happened when Jesus raised from the dead and he took his blood into the holy heavenly sanctuary right in the presence of God. And there he presented his blood. And there everything he did, he did it for us, set to the credit of our account like we did it. And when that blood was applied in heaven, all of heaven will never be the same after that. I said it will never be the same after that. the moment he took his blood in there. It's the blood of the everlasting covenant. It's an eternal blood covenant. Amen. And so all you got to do is just talk about it. So Jesus took his blood into heaven. And that blood speaks of the mercy of God. It also speaks of a righteousness that God himself produced for you and gave it to you as a free gift. All right, I think I'm just going to wait for you to get happy about that before I say anything else. I said it speaks of, of a righteousness God produced for you and gave it to you as a free gift. That's why the blood of Jesus cleanses from all sin, from all unrighteousness. Try that again. I said the blood of Jesus cleanses from all sin, from all unrighteousness. All And Smith Williams said, there's not one thing, not one thing in me, you say in me, there's not one thing in you, you say in me, there's not one thing in me that the blood does not cleanse. Oh, boy, you ought to get happy, right? Not one thing in me, come on, not one thing in you that the blood does not cleanse. Oh, no stain left, no guilt left. And the blood of Jesus silences that voice of self-condemnation. And you say, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ because Jesus produced it with his own blood. And I'm free from guilt. I'm free from shame. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. Jesus paid it all. Amen. I honor his blood. Woo. Hallelujah. 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 All right, you got Hebrews 9, 12, go to verse 14. 14. How much more, how much more shall the blood of Christ, praise the Lord, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience. Where's it going to reach? Into your conscience purge your conscience from dead works. That means any of your struggles or your attempts to try to be accepted before God, anything when you're feeling like you're unaccepted or you're not approved or you you just feel like you're inadequate, that you don't measure up. The moment the blood is brought into the conversation, God says you're 100% righteous. All right, let's try this out over here. I said, the moment you bring the blood of Jesus into this conversation, you're 100% righteous. Matter of fact, you can't even get more righteous than you are the moment the blood's applied. So listen close. We honor the blood. We honor the blood by boldly confessing that it cleanses us. All right, let's talk about this again real close. You all ready? Ready? Some people say, well, I honor the blood of Jesus. Why are you talking about it? Oh, yeah, I honor the blood. But we honor the blood by boldly confessing that it cleanses us from all sin. Or you honor the blood by bringing your words into agreement with the word of God. No matter how you feel. Let's try that. Let's try that. I said, no matter how you feel, I said, no matter how you feel, because we're talking about faith in the blood, so that means your faith is going to have to come first, and your feelings will have to follow. Come on, you may, not, you may feel like a failure, you may feel like you're un- unworthy, you may feel like you're guilty, but your faith is in the blood, and the feelings will have to change. His blood alone has done Everything. And he said, how much more shall the blood of Christ? And look at this, through the eternal spirit. So the blood of Jesus and the spirit of God are eternally connected. Amen. Amen. What Jesus did in heaven with his blood, the Holy Spirit does in your heart with that blood. All right, let's try that again. What what Jesus did in heaven with the blood, the Holy Spirit, the eternal spirit takes the same blood, brings it into direct contact with your heart, your soul, your spirit, your personality, your inner man, and he sets you free. Not just free on the outside, free on the inside. Oh, it is his blood. His blood alone has done everything. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, go to Colossians chapter 1 real quickly here. And I'm covering a few scriptures here on the blood. There's a lot more. Colossians chapter 1, verse 20. Colossians chapter 1, verse 20. We're going to look specifically at this phrase in Colossians 1, And then we're going to read through verse 22. So Colossians 1, And it uses this phrase, Colossians chapter 1, verse 20. It says, having made peace through the blood of his cross. All right, now underline that through the blood of his cross. Paul specifically says what happened on the cross when his blood was poured out for us, the blood of his cross. Now you understand from what we just studied that the blood of Jesus is not just the blood of his cross. You say, what does that mean? That means it's also the blood of his resurrection because he took his blood into heaven. But here's where he was our substitute on the cross. So the blood of his cross, it says, he made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself. In other words, nothing is beyond the reach of the blood. I right, go to verse 21, verse 21. And you that were sometime aid and aided enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled. So he says in your mind, he has now reconciled you. Restored you to favor, restored you to fellowship. Amen. He said, No matter what you got happening in your head. Let's try that in. I said, no matter what you got happening in your head, in your mind, your thoughts, come on, and all kinds of stuff going on in your mind and your thoughts. He said, Yet now he has reconciled us. Hallelujah. Yet now we have been reconciled through his blood. Amen. Now go to the next verse, verse 22, because this is, this is one of the most phenomenal scriptures in the whole New Testament. In the body of his flesh, through death, to present you holy, unblameable, and unreprovable in his sight. All right, hold on. Hold that verse just for a second. In other words, he said, what the blood of Jesus has done, what the blood of his cross has done, and the purpose of that blood is now to present you. Present you where? It says in his sight. Our other translations say in his presence. So he said that blood now presents you in his presence, holy, unblameable, and unreprovable. All right, other translations say, without a single fault. Oh, boy, I'm telling you, I said, without a single fault. And it says, and you are standing there before him in his presence. Come on now, see yourself standing there before him in his presence, and he sees you holy, unblameable, without a single fault, unreprovable, nothing he would even want to correct you for. Well, how did you get in there? Well, you got in there by the blood of Jesus. That's how you got in there, hallelujah. And he didn't bring you in there to whip you. He didn't bring you in there to correct you. He brought you in there, and that's the purpose of the blood, is to bring you and restore you to fellowship with God and bring you in there, and in his presence, free from guilt, free from shame, washed in the blood. I'm cleansed by the blood. I'm overcome by the blood. In other words, you develop a blood consciousness. Or a blood confession. Because when you're under the attack of the enemy, coming against your mind, you say, I plead the blood of Jesus. I have faith in his blood right now. No matter how I feel right now, I'm redeemed by the blood. Jesus' blood has set me free. Amen. And just stick with it. I said, stick with it. Stick with it. Come on. And your mind will change. The atmosphere will change. And your feelings will change. Hallelujah. Ha ha. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. My faith, come on, your faith, our faith. In other words, in the New Testament, you really can't teach very long on faith without talking about the blood. In other words, we understand the principles of faith But the blood, the object of our faith is the blood of Christ. It is that blood that restores us to fellowship with God. The peace of God in our heart, in our mind, and that blood. So when you sling blood everywhere, my mama would do this. She would do what we call, I plead the blood. right, now, I grew up with that, so some people today may not know that terminology. And some of you, how many of you grew up with somebody doing that in your family? You don't know, mama, grandma, grandpa, somebody. And so, and my mama would say, I plead the blood. Now, all that phrase, plead the blood, is really synonymous with faith in the blood. I plead the blood. What does that mean? That means any kind of accusation, Come on, being brought against me, my mind. Any kind of feelings that disagree with what God said belongs to me. Come on. I plead the blood. What does that mean? Listen close. That means I rest my case. I rest my case. What does that mean? No more arguing. No more debates. Not I coulda, shoulda, woulda. Come on, not I'm trying harder. Yeah, come on! I said, "Not! I'm trying hard. Not! I should have. Wish I woulda. Come on! Not a, I don't know why I didn't. And I'm trying hard. No, no, no! I rest my case. No more debates. No more accusation. No more arguments." Come on, case closed. I plead the blood of Jesus, and I rest my case on that blood. His blood alone has done everything. Rest the case. Case closed. It's over. Come on. You're declared not guilty, and you win. Hallelujah. Stand up on your feet and praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Woo. Praise the Lord. I plead the blood. I rest my case on that blood. Woo, let's lift our hands up. Father God, how great is your goodness, God. How great is your faithfulness. Thank you for the precious blood of Jesus. Oh, that we have access in your presence and we draw near because of that blood. Oh, we receive in your presence your goodness and your mercy, oh God, your great grace. Every person in this place right now, we apply the blood of Jesus right now. We have faith in his blood. We're redeemed by his blood. We overcome by his blood. We will not be silent about the blood of Jesus. We will not be silent about that blood. Our faith in our voice, we lift our voice, and we are redeemed by the blood. Ha, 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 ha. Now, Mr. Devil, you running from us right now. Ha, 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 ha. Come on, the curse is broken. The shame is removed. The guilt is removed because of the blood. Everybody say this, Father God. Right now. You're the Almighty God. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for Jesus. What he did for me on the cross through his blood. He took my place, he took my sin, he died in my place. He arose from the dead and I boldly confess, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is my Lord. I am redeemed by the blood of Jesus and I have decided I will follow Jesus. Thank you Lord Jesus, I have faith in his blood and the feelings will follow i know i'm saved i know i'm redeemed my faith is in his blood his blood alone has done everything Woo, lift your voice and give him a shout praise the lord praise the lord jesus paid it all i'm washed in his blood overcome by the blood hallelujah amen Amen. That's not just a Sunday confession. I said, that's not just a Sunday confession. That's, come on, that's a Monday and a Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. Your bold confession, I said, your bold confession precedes the possession of salvation. Glory to God. Well, I don't know about you. I'm glad I came to church already. I got blessed. So I'm blood blessed. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. (laughs) Praise the Lord.